Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts from the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in tongues does not speak to the people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to the people for strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in tongue edifies themselves, but anyone who prophesies edifies the church. I would like each and every one of you to I would like each and every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesize. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets interprets so the church may be edified. Cool. Thank you so much. Cheers, Katie. Well done. Good job. Cool. Okay, so I just want to introduce Andrew to you. Oh, before I break the whole thing. Um, so Andrew is our friend over from um, St. Peter's. Um, Andrew is a lovely, lovely guy. He's blessed me many times, praying for me, um, sharing God's word with me. So uh, I'm just going to pray for Andrew as we start, um, and then he's going to share a few things on his heart. So yeah, Father God, I just want to pray for Andrew and ask for your, um, yeah, for you to speak through him, Lord God. Um, I know he is a man who listens closely to the things that you are saying, God. So uh, I pray today he will be able to communicate that effectively to us and that we will have soft and open hearts. Um, we'll put aside any of our worries and our fears, but today to be open to what you want to say through him. In your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Um, Katie, you read so beautifully. Thank you very much. Can I just offer you a word? Would that be all right? So I feel that God's given you such a real passion for butterflies. So you love everything to do with butterflies. And the thing you love about butterflies is you love to see how they, they change. And I feel God's given you a real gift to help people change, to help you, like, when something's broken, when something's not very well, you have a real heart of compassion, and you run to it with a confidence to see that thing change. And I feel that God's given you that gift of bringing faith into people's lives, and there's a healing gift that's coming your way as well. So I hope that was okay to say. Does that make any sense? You have a thing about butterflies? It's cool. There you go. Right. Well, it's really awesome to come and spend time with you guys. And I feel really honored and blessed to come and be here. Um, let me introduce myself. Uh, my name's Andrew. Um, uh, I'm going to share a little bit about my history. But what I, what I really, guys, what you don't want to do is I don't want you to think, oh, well, if you want to be like me, you have to do what I did because... We're going to look at that, so please don't do that, but this is my history. So I, I did a, a master's degree in microelectronic engineering, that's silicon chip design, and after four years of doing that, I went straight into youth ministry. <laughs> so I'd, I did youth ministry for 20 years, uh, and um, uh, 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 one big stint in Southampton and one big stint in Fulham, and had the great privilege of planting churches in a youth, youth uh, group in, uh, in Southampton, we had uh, 6,000 kids come every weekend um, to the youth clubs. We had a, a, a youth congregation of 150 uh, of kids that with no church background, get saved, love Jesus, all the rest of it. It was hard work, let me just tell you that. <laughs> uh, and then in Fulham, um, I worked uh, for a very upper middle class church, and I loved working with the young people there. And we would have lots of pastors from churches send their kids to us, because what we would do is we would supernaturally just 
set them on fire. So we had intimacy and healing conference for, teenage, for, for teenagers. And we, the youth group, we saw 400 legs grow in nine months. It was amazing. So that was just wonderful to work with the church-based young people. But, uh, and alongside that, I also got to work in Sands End, which is an estate uh, and we saw drugs come out of the estate. We, we planted a church there. We saw whole families give their life to Jesus. And the Lord taught me a lot about what it means to love well and to go out and to hear his voice and to share that with people. So after doing that for 20 years, I got a bit bored of putting out chairs uh, on Friday nights and, and Saturdays. And so I said to the Lord, I'd like to be able to serve you, but can I do it on a nine to five basis, please? So uh, he said, okay. And, and I thought I was going to become an itinerant pre- preacher, but he had other ideas, and so um, he asked me to set up, and so I did the London School of Supernatural Ministry. So I've been doing that for over 10 years now. I've been training people into how that every normal day people like you can hear God's voice, can step out in healing, can see miracles happen, and that's what I've been doing for 10 years, and I love it. Um, I especially love working with church leaders. I've had the joy of working with over hundreds and hundreds of church leaders in, in Holland and Portugal and in this country to help them know how to, how to do that for themselves and how to lead their churches in that. Um, and that's what I've been doing. So I've basically been discipling people for 30 years and um, I get a kick out of it. And that's what we're going to do this morning. So here's the plan today. Okay, the plan today is by the end of our time together, you are going to be hearing God, God more clearly than you've done before. So there are various responses you're going to have to that. One is, I don't really know whether that's possible. So for those of you who don't know anything about hearing God, I prefer hearing God than prophecy because prophecy makes it sound like, ooh, ethereal, it's just for the special people, but it's hearing God. So there are some of you who don't know that you can do this, and we're going to cover that. There'll be some of you who have have heard it done before or seen prophecy done before and you'll think, wow, that was just a famous American who stood at the front in front of thousands of people and I didn't get anything and I didn't get a word and I feel really upset that I didn't get a word and so that's just for special people, not for me. There'll be some of you who've tried to step out and hearing God, you've tried to do it and it hasn't seemed to work and so in your mind you've gone, that's not for me, it's all right for Mike, it's all right for Rachel, it's all right for other people but I'm just not going to do that, that's not for me. And there are some of you who've been hearing God, and I just want to encourage all of you that this is something he has already given you, and so it's something we don't have to work for, and that's what we're going to do. So you're actually, by the end of, in about 15 minutes' time, we're going to get you guys to get a word for the person next to you. I'm just letting you know that that's happening, okay? Anyone want to run out now? No, that's good, that's good. Okay, why is hearing his voice so important? Well, my son is about, to, is about to turn 10. His name is Ezra. And if I didn't talk to him, what sort of relationship would I have with my son? If I didn't say to him, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you for getting another reward at his school, which you got this week. Well done. Well done. That's so good. I'm really proud of the way that you're, you're smashing your mile running time. If I didn't say that to him, what sort of father would I be? What difference does that make in his life when he hears that encouragement? How much more does our father in heaven want you to be encouraged about who you are? That he knows you, that he delights in you, that he loves you. All of our walks come basically down to two challenges 
or two opportunities we have, everything that we deal in life. And that is knowing who he is and knowing who we are. And when we're struggling, it's because we'll be leaving a lie about who he is. God is distant. He's not answering my prayer. He's not, he's not healing me. He's not working through our finances. It's not happening. I must work hard for his love. I must do something to get something from him. Or we believe the lie that I'm, I can't do it. I'm rubbish. I can't work that through. It's all right for Mike. You know, he's going off to become a vicar and he's, he's gifted and he's anointed. It's all right for him. And I, if I just be next to Mike, I'll feel better and safer about it. But actually for me, it, I can't do this. So the lies we believe, very simply, if any, I promise you, anything that you are struggling with life will basically boil down to a lie that we're believing about who God is, he's not good, or a lie believing about ourselves. So we need to hear his voice. We need to hear his voice because he wants to, all he wants to do is to tell you how awesome you are. All he wants to do is to show you how, who, how good he is towards you. That knowing who God is, is about intimacy with him. Knowing him. Not just knowing about him, but knowing him. The problem is that when we get stuck, we get addicted to religion. And religion is us working harder to get something we already have. Oh well, if I want to hear God's voice, then I must become a Church of England vicar. I'll have to go through all the training. I must know my Bible well. I must never have lied in my life. All this list of things that we put in place that somehow, if we could just do these things, then we've earned our way. And as a good gift, God will say, well done, here's a gift of prophecy. Here's a gift of hearing me. It doesn't work like that in the kingdom as we're going to come out. We are addicted in this country to Greek thinking. Those of you who go to school or those of you who've ever been to school will remember in maths, one plus one equals two. Well done. You've done brilliantly. Fantastic. One plus one equals seven. No, 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 no. You've got, the, you've got it wrong. You have to work harder at getting one plus one equals two. So in our Greek mindset, we have to get things right. In our relationship with our Father in heaven, in the kingdom mindset, it's not about rightness. It's about relationship. It's about intimacy with him. Truth alone does not bring life. And yet for majority of Christians I come to, what they're saying is what they need is more truth. I'll go on another course. I will go and read this book. I'll, and, and books are great. Courses are fantastic. I run courses. Come and do some courses with us. You know, I run that. They're really good. But just getting more truth isn't going to help you get more intimacy with the Father, to know who he is, to know who you are. So it has to be more than just truth. And when people just focus on getting truth, then when stuff doesn't change in our lives, we just get disappointed. We get disappointed with church, we get disappointed with our church leaders, and we get disappointed with God. And then we sit with this disappointment here, and we come to church every week, we think we know we should, something may change, something may shift, but actually we don't really have any expectation it's going to change and shift, but we know we should really go to church because that's what we should be doing. And then we just slowly die inside and then if your church is not is not great then you'll end up just disappearing and no one comes to find you or to see how you're doing you know well there you go i'm just disappointed with god and no one loved me anyway and this is the the pattern of what we see happening in churches with christians all the time and it's not meant to be like that <laughs> at all 
we need truth and we need activation of that truth. And that's what we're going to do. So I'm just going to pray for us. Father, I thank you that you have already given us everything we need. I pray right now, Lord, for any of that Greek thinking, any of that religious, I have to earn it, would just break off us right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, that being together is meant to be fun. Thank you, Lord, that being together is meant to be fun because we're loving one another. We're building one another up. Thank you, Lord, that we can't get this wrong. And I pray, Lord, you would give us faith, the gift of faith right now to grab hold of something and to have fun with it. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, here we go. Here's the truth bit. For those of you who like truth, it's good to have truth. Here's the truth bit. In Acts, uh, it says, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people, your sons and daughters. I'd like you to turn to one another and very gently point, not sort of, not, not so aggressive point, and just say, you are a son or daughter. Point it out. Okay. Your sons and daughters, they will prophesy. That's what it says. Your young men will see visions. Your old men, I'm now getting into the old man category, will have dreams. Come on, old men having dreams. This is what God says that we're going to have for us. I will pour out my spirit on those and we will all prophesy. Every Christian is prophetic. Okay, I'd like you to... Now, you may be on different levels of believing me on that, but I want you to trust me if you can. So I'd like you to say out loud, I am prophetic. I hear God's voice. Awesome. We are a royal priesthood, which means we're priests. And a priest's job, as Mike will be coming a priest one day, so you can ask him about this. He'll have to go through all that with his training, is to basically tell people what God is saying. But you're a priest. So if you don't know what he's saying, how can you tell people? Okay. 1 Corinthians 14:31 you may all prophesy. 1 Corinthians 14:1 eagerly desire the spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. I was going to bring in a big fat chocolate cake to sit here throughout the talk because I used to be a youth worker and I like these sorts of things. And I wasn't going to say mention anything about the chocolate cake and I was just going to let you look at it and start to drool like that. And at the end of the talk I was going to say, "How many of you like my chocolate cake? Have you been desiring the chocolate cake? Would you like the chocolate cake? Well, the chocolate cake will be available later on for you." munch i'm sorry i don't have any chocolate cake but you just imagine that we know what it is to eagerly desire cake are you eagerly desiring the gift of prophecy the gift of hearing god you've got it already so it's a bit like i'm eagerly desiring the thing i already have this is awesome be eager to prophesy true prophecy strengthens encourages and comforts so i'm really sorry if you've had prophetic words that have been directional Putting down, I once met a, a guy who was like, and the Lord's, he was like this, and the Lord says that you are a sinner. <laughs> and I was like, no, he doesn't. That's not true. And actually, our words are meant to strengthen, encourage, and comfort. So if you've had any prophetic words from people saying that they're from God that haven't strengthened, encouraged, or comforted you, then you need to do this. You need to flush. <laughs> Okay, we flush every day. Excuse me if we're a bit, a bit graphic. We flush every day. Why do we do that? Because it gets all the rubbish away from us. When we flush, we don't longer stop. We, oh, forgive me again, youth worker problem. Uh, for, when we flush, we don't go, oh, I wonder where that's gone. I just wonder where it's gone through the house somewhere. I'm going to look to find out what's happened to my waste. No, you don't. So if you've had a bad word, forgive the person and let it go. 
I know people who've lived their lives for 20 years going, I think God said I was going to go to Africa, so I went to Africa, and I hate Africa, but I've done it for 20 years because God said. And I said, well, did you discern? Did you go through with people? Did you think about whether that was a word from God? Well, I know now, now know that you've spent 20 years. So if you've had a bad prophetic word, one that was controlling, one that said you're rubbish or useless, it's not from him. Just flush and let it go. Everyone prophesies, speaks to men for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. Prophecy strengthens by building you up. Prophecy encourages by calling people to draw closer to God. And prophecy comforts by telling them that God knows them and loves them in a personal way. I had the privilege of being able to meet a couple of you beforehand and shared a word with Derek and shared, I forgot your name, shared a word with Simon and with Jeremy. If I got his name wrong, sorry, but it's definitely Jeremy. And, And the thing is, the same thing happens when the Lord starts to speak. Every single one of them is like, oh, I didn't believe that he knew me that well. And so there's an opportunity there to demonstrate God's love, that he knows you, that you're not alone. He understands where you're, what you're going through. And he's going to put someone else in your life to encourage you, to strengthen you. That's what, we, that's what coming together means on Sundays, to encourage, strengthen, and build up. So to do that, we need to have outside input from what God is saying into people's lives to do that. Anyone here need any encouragement? Anyone need be building up? Anyone need some strength right now? Awesome, you're in the right place. We'll be doing that in a minute. True prophecy calls out the gold in people. It doesn't take an expert to find the dirt We're looking for the gold. It takes an expert to find that gold. It takes someone who is listening into the heartbeat of God, who knows what the gold is in your life. Prophecy reveals the heart and mood of the Father, that he is in a good mood. It's great we sing the song, but the whole world needs to know that God is good. Most people are scared of God. Most most people think that God has left left the building and is not interested in them anymore. Um, I will share some testimonies about what I've seen God do, but I'm going to share them as long as you promise me something. Okay? Because the other thing we're very bad at Christians we do is when we hear something, we do testimony, what I used to call testimony tennis. So we'd hear a story and I would go, oh, I think I could do that. And then, or I'd think, oh, no, I can't do that. That person must be so much better than me. They must. And then I would go read their Bible more, go to church more, pray more, etc. When you hear a testimony of what God is doing, all you need to do is to thank God, thank you for what you've just done in that. You receive the faith to be able to repeat that testimony. So I want to share some stories, not because I'm trying to big myself up. I know I can hear the Lord, and that's okay. I've struggled with being able to say that, but I know I hear him really clearly. I'm sharing testimonies because I want to give you the faith to be able to repeat the things that I've seen God do. Is that okay? You promise me you won't compare yourself. Promise me? Okay. So, uh, I used to, the school used to be in Brick Lane in um, East London. And one of the days, we were walking along Brick Lane, and uh, the Lord had given us permission to go and pray for anyone who offered us a curry. <laughs> so, you know, you go along Brick Lane, people are going to ask, ask if you'd like a curry. So these two, two gentlemen, both Muslims, say, oh, do you want a curry? It's like, no, thank you very much. We've just had lunch. And... Um, they said, uh, I said, but uh, can I share a word I've got for you? I get, me- I, say, I get messages for people. Can I share a message I've got for you? And the guy said, okay. And I said, uh, so, so, so what happened is I had nothing in my head at that point. Okay? 
my, my heart went out to them. I'll tell you the mechanics of how you can get an accurate word in a minute, but you love is the main part of that, okay? My heart went out to him, and the Lord showed me that he got married two weeks ago, and his wife was scared about having children because there'd been lots of miscarriages in the family. So I shared that with him. He went, how on earth do you know that? That's what we were discussing over breakfast this morning. I said, well, Jesus knows that about you. Put your wife on the phone. I'd like to pray for her because Jesus wants her to know that she's not going to have a miscarriage. So we put on the phone. I said to her, that I don't know who I am, but, and we prayed for her down the phone. And he's like, but I'm a Muslim. I'm a Muslim. I said, yeah, Jesus loves you. He knows you. And his mate went, that's amazing. He said, well, what about me? And I'm like, I've, uh, 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 I just declare you take 2,000 pounds of business today. And he went, we never take 2,000 pounds of business, even at Christmas. That was very clever what you did first time around, but that isn't going to happen. That's a load of rubbish. You can expletive. <laughs> so I was like, fine, no problem. Okay, bye. And I said goodbye. A week later, walking along, past the same curry house, two of them rush out. They grab me, say, our boss wants to meet you. It <laughs> pulled in to the curry house, and the boss sits down and said, these two said that you prayed and we took over £2,000 that day. We've never taken £2,000. And they said the Christian had said it was God was going to do that. So how did you do that? I said, well, Jesus wants to bless your business. And so he brought us his members of staff and we prayed for them. And they got, one of them got a gallbladder, got healed, headache went out of another one. And we started building this relationship with the curry house owner and with the people and we got free coffee always great to get free coffee um and there was the start of building a relationship with them i was working with um a member of the house of lords and uh, we were encouraging him about how god was, uh, was was flowing through him in the house of lords and i said to him at the end of the meeting i said uh, what are you going to next he said oh i'm going to have a meeting with the tim bernard lees he's the guy who invented the internet by the way and uh, I said, uh, I've got a word for you. Can I share that? And I, I didn't have a word for him at the time. And so he goes, yeah, okay then. I said, uh, I saw you like sitting next to him and asking him a question. And the question I saw you asking him was, what two bits of the internet um, that you originally planned had not come about yet? And he said, well, look, that's not going to happen. There's 150 people at this thing I'm going to. I'm never going to sit down with him. But okay, thanks very much. Seven o'clock this evening, I got a phone call saying, you will not believe what happened. I arrived, I got ushered into a room, sat down with a chair next to Sir Tim Bernard Lees, and I thought, flipping heck, Andrew had this word about asking you a question, so I'm going to ask it. So I said to him, which two bits of the internet was your original plan have you not seen about? And he goes, how did you know there was two? Well, because Jesus wanted to, and so he was able to share his faith and pray for Tim Bernard Lees and to get the answers from that. And on the strength of that, this Lord then started to hear what God wanted to say in the middle of the debate in the House of Lords. And when it wasn't going the way that he felt was going, he started to learn that he had authority, that God was speaking, and he would speak out words, and he would see what was happening in the House of Lords change because he had faith that God was speaking to him. I was walking along Commercial Street, and uh, there was a guy sitting by the bus stop. And my knee started hurting. And so I said, because that's another way that God speaks is through in your body. So I said, I'm just gonna, sorry to disturb you. It's going to sound really weird. Do you have any problem with your knee? And he goes, well, why do you ask? I said, oh, we're just out praying for people. And sometimes we get these aches and pains. And we just wonder if you have a problem with your knee. And if we had a problem with your knee, maybe, maybe we'd like to pray for it. And we, we see God heal her. And he said, uh, no, no, I don't have any problem with my knee. It's like, oh, okay, got that word wrong. I love getting words wrong. It's so exciting. 
<laughs> doesn't very happen very often, but when it does happen, I love it. I love getting words wrong because it's not about rightness and wrongness. It's about loving people. So even in the, that exchange, we were loving him. We were connecting with him in London. can happen. And uh, he said, I used to have a problem with my knee, but I'm completely deaf in this ear. Would you pray for my ear? And so I got the word wrong, but because we'd loved, he had faith for us to pray for his ear. And so with no faith whatsoever, I put my hand over his ear, did ask his permission first, and then said, in Jesus' name, ear open. And his face went, whoa! And he was like, stand away, I want to whisper something to me. He closed up his other whisper, he moved further away, moved further away. And Jesus opened up his ear, his hearing. He'd been deaf in that ear since a baby. And the miracle of Jesus came working through that simply by sharing a word. Not comparing, promise, grab hold of that. You now have the faith to get a word for someone, an ache and pain in your body and say, this is going really strange. I know we're in Tesco's, but do you have a headache? And the person says no, and they'll ask you why. So I'll just, because I'm just learning. We had a crazy guy come and preach to us on Sunday. And he said that I was in Tesco, I could be in Tesco's and I could feel ahead and I could ask you. And, uh, and if you don't have a headache, that's fine. Bless you, have a great day. You are still demonstrating God's love to that person and you're demonstrating faith to them. And if they do have a headache, one, you will be surprised. You're like, oh, this thing actually works. And they say, can I pray for you? And they go, oh, okay, then. And they'll think you mean they're going to pray for you going you're home. You'll say, well, I'll just put my hand on your shoulder. Is that okay? And they go, oh, you're going to do it now in Tesco. So, yeah, we're going to do it right now. And you say, in Jesus' name, headache go. And then their headache goes. We've seen that happen so many times through very normal people like Prophecy requires a bit of practice. My son Ezra, when he learned to play football, can I just be really honest? I know this has been recorded, but he wasn't very good. <laughs> he would come up to kick the ball and he would fall over, he'd miss it. If I was a father, would say this to him, Ezra, you're rubbish. You can never play football. I'm so embarrassed by your football playing. I'm just so embarrassed. Don't even call yourself a Chapman. That's my surname. And, you know, I'm just never going to come watch football. If, if I was my attitude as a father, that would be awful. No, I didn't. I said, you're doing really well, son. I wasn't. You're doing really well. Try this. Have a go at this. When we are listening to God's voice, we need to practice. We need to keep going. Just if we don't, quote, get it right, the only thing you ever need to get right is loving well. So... Here we go. We're going to put this into action now. That is the service plan, which isn't going to be very helpful. Here are my notes. Okay, here we go. Right, I am going to prove to you that every single one of you has the ability to be able to hear God's voice. Okay, I'd like you to close your eyes. You don't have to, but it's sort of helpful. Okay, I'd like you to imagine a banana. Okay. Uh, can someone with your eyes closed tell me what are you seeing in your imagination with the banana? What colour is it, anyone? Okay, has it, has, it, has it got brown bits on it? Who's got a banana with spots on? Okay, it's got a stalk. Okay, fantastic. Open your eyes. If you have imagined a banana, you have everything you need to hear God's voice. For those of you here who do not know who Jesus is, by the way, this is what it's like to know him. So this is, come and chat to us afterwards if you want to get to know the Jesus that speaks to people. 
If you do know Jesus and you saw a banana, guess what? You have the mind of Christ. When you gave your life to him, he gave you the mind of Christ, which means your imagination is sanctified. So if you are asking, as a daughter, if a son, if you are asking him to show you something for somebody, I promise you, whatever he puts in your imagination, which is simple as, as, as seeing a banana, you just as long as it builds up, encourages, and strengthens, then you just offer it. You just offer it to somebody. So, Lord Jesus, would you, would you give me... What's your name, Adam? Jill, was that okay if I get a word for you? Okay, so, okay, I've asked permission first, which is nice. So, Jill, what I'm going to do, I don't have nothing right now. So, if you want to do this, this is how we do it. First of all, I've asked Jill if it's okay to get a word for her. She said yes. Second thing I do internally is let my heart go out to her. She's, she is the daughter of the king. So, if my love goes out to her, that she is loved by him and known by him. And then I'm gonna, in my mind, I'm going to say, Jesus, would you, in, your, in my imagination, would you give me a picture for Jill? So Jill, uh, I felt the Lord was saying that your hearing is significant, the way you hear him. And I, I feel that there has been something in your natural about your hearing that has been, that, that the God is saying he is opening up your ears so you can hear him really clearly. And when you listen to him and you share words with people, it's like you giving them jewels about who they are. And so I saw the Lord... Uh, you love to encourage people. You love to build them up. And just the Lord really coming. And do you have a, any problems with your hearing? Okay. Okay, well, let me, I'd love to pray for you that. But well. Father, I just pray right now for Jill's ear. We just pray it would open up right now in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord, that that would, for her, her hearing in the natural and in the supernatural would open up right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Come and find me later. So, this is what I'd like you to do with not much movement because we're all sticking chairs. I would like you just to look around to where, you're, where you are and I'd like you to uh, practice what we've just talked about, okay? And, and we're going to, so, just gonna, gonna, we're just going to practice. So this is what I'd like you to do. First of all, just uh, seeking Lord. Lord, would you give me something for this person? Secondly, I'd like your heart to go out to them. Is that the person you are seeking for is a daughter or a son of the king, especially if they don't know who Jesus is. The number of times I've been out on the streets when I was a youth worker and I walk up to a bunch of teenagers who are all taking drugs and the Lord would give me a word for one of them and it would be, this is who you are. And they would be like, no way, how do you know that? It's like, well, this is the Jesus knows you. He loves you. Really? Does he really know me? And then you would start speaking into their lives and... We saw hundreds of teenagers saved simply by going out and doing that. So what I want you to do, person next to you or behind you or whatever, is to let your heart go out to them. Just ask God, what's awesome about this person? And whatever he puts into your mind, I'd like you then to, and this is the brave bit, I'd like you then to just very gently say to them, I'm just going to offer you this. If the picture is them like dying with loads of blood and all the rest of it, that probably isn't Jesus, okay? If the picture is uh, about what, whatever the picture is, as long as it builds up and encourages, then just offer it to them, okay? So I'm going to literally, because you're going to hate me for this, I'm only going to give you 40 seconds to do this because it really doesn't take very long. Most of you saw a banana in less than 40 seconds and that was on your own strength. 
So right now, Father, I pray for the gift of faith for all of us that we really have this gift of prophecy. And I pray, Lord, that right now that you would give us a word, a picture for the person around us uh, in Jesus' name. Amen. So choose the person. Let your heart go out to them. Ask God, give me a picture for them. And then simply say, I offer this. This is what I saw. And then we'll see what happens in 40 seconds. That's 10 seconds. That's 20 seconds, you've got 10 seconds left. Okay, going to ask you to stop, I know that's mean. Okay. Just to say, um, if this is difficult for you, and it, or it's painful because of the past, I would love to talk to you about that and pray with you. I, I've sat with um, Dutch national reform pastors who believe the Holy Spirit died off with the first set of disciples and seen them break through into hearing God's voice. So uh, I'm really up for helping anyone. So, okay, just by a show of hands, uh, how many of you... Uh, how many of you got a word for something and the other person went, oh, that was really, that was, that was, that was really good? Okay, well done, well done, okay. How many of you got a word for somebody and the other, other person just had a blank look on their face and just like, it doesn't, that doesn't mean anything? Okay, well done. How many of you, how many of you didn't get anything? Awesome. This is the anti-Greek thinking. I'd really like to celebrate you for those people who tried but didn't get anything. Well done. That What you demonstrated there was faith. The thing is, in our Greek thinking, success is getting it right. In the heaven's way of thinking, success is taking a risk. And we as a culture, and this is what I do all the time, is help us to shift the culture of celebrating risk over getting it right. Nothing in the kingdom moves forward unless we take a risk. I was out with the church staff team, and we'd just done prophecy for them. And uh, the curate was taking me around his patch. And I said, take me to the worst place in your parish. So he took me to this burnt-out, gutted building. And uh, I said, what happens here? He said, well, this is where all the gangs meet, and this is where all the drugs get, get changed. And so I said to him, Shall we change the use of this building? Shall we change the use of this ground? And he said, well, can we do that? I said, yeah, of course we can. So we're going to pray the opposite. So it was a drug den. It was where there was a, there was a flat upstairs where lots of prostitution happened. And, and so we prayed, Lord Jesus, we declare that the upstairs flat will be a place where women get restored, where they come out of prostitution, they get restored. And downstairs will be a community center where your name is lifted up. And in Jesus' name, amen.
That's all we did. That was the length of the prayer. It wasn't complicated. It wasn't lengthy. There was no wailing. That, that was it. That was just it. Six months later, I get this text from him saying, Andrew, you will not believe what's happened to that building. And he sent me a picture. Downstairs had been turned into a pub, and the pub has been called the Angel of Bow. Upstairs was turned into a four-bedroom flat and was, I, I was bought by a group of Christian women who rented out, the, or get, who had the third flat bedroom in the flat, specifically for women coming out of prostitution so they could have a, a safe place to be restored and to work through. I was at David's tent a year ago, and I was telling my friend about this story. He said, hold on, I'm off. And I was like, that's not normally what happens when I share that story. Most people go, wow, that's amazing. I said, why? He, said, he came back. He said, these are the women who bought. I know them. These are the women that bought that flat. And we worked out the timings, and the day after we had prayed, suddenly the flat came on the market and was dropped in price, and they were able to afford to buy it. And God had opened something up through that. Well, I'm no different to you. Do you hear his voice? Do you love where you live? Do you want to see God come and move there? So let your heart go out to where you live. If you've got neighbors who are rowing, let your heart go out to them and say, Lord, what do you want to speak into who they are? As you speak it out, all of heaven comes on the back of what you say. That's what it is to be a son and daughter of the living God. Your voice, your words are important. Our hearts are important. Hearing his voice and speaking out. I have seen six buildings now change use on the back of that, learning to do that. Last testimony, and then we'll stop uh, we'll pray. So I had a dream, because the Lord will speak to you in your dreams. Do you know what? When you're asleep, your spirit's still awake. <laughs> so if you really want to, if, you, if this is the sort of person you are, before you go to sleep, you can say, Lord Jesus, I put my spirit into your hands for you to come and speak to me. So I woke up one morning and I felt the Lord saying that it was time for us to get into the mosque in, uh, in Whitechapel. So I shared this with my staff team and one of my staff team members found out that the next week was the night of power. So the middle of Ramadan is the night of power where they believe that God will really answer their prayers and, and that he will speak to them. So we thought, well... We're Christians, we hear Jesus, let's go to the mosque on the night of power and we can start offering words to the Muslims who are coming in and out. So that's what we did. And I was a bit nervous because <laughs> when you're running something, you get a bit nervous about these things. And also because there'd been a Finsbury Park van had gone into a mosque and killed a couple of people. So I was quite nervous, if I was honest. Anyway, we arrived there and we just start doing that, loving Muslims who were sitting there and just saying, hey, can we share a word we've got for you? And these guys were like, how do you know that's my business plan? How do you know that my daughter's sick? How do you know? Come in. So we got invited into the mosque. So we're in the mosque in the foyer and we're getting words of knowledge about who's sick. This lady's got a back problem. That guy's got kidney issues. And they're like, yeah, yeah. So can we pray for them? Of course you can. Off you come. We're going to pray in Jesus' name. I was a bit like, I'm sure this isn't going to work. And they're like, yeah, yeah, well, no problem. So we were praying in Jesus' name and Muslims were getting healed inside the mosque. They then invited us into the main prayer area and uh, I said, can we pray here? I said, yeah, sure. So we're praying while thousands of them are all bent over in prayer. And we're just saying, Lord Jesus, we release the man in white. Jesus, would you come and meet with these, all these Muslims in their dreams that they would meet with you face to face so that they would know, Jesus, that you love them, that they would experience the Father's love. 
Most Muslims have no experience of the Father's love. When they meet it, something inside them happens. Well, that was extraordinary. And they begged us to say and to eat with them. And we just had favor with the mosque. Over the next few years, all the Muslims that we met in East London, we would ask the question, have you seen the man in white? Because yeah, yeah, I had him in my dream. And we started a conversation about talking about knowing who Jesus was because that was easier, meeting them in their dream. I'm no different to you. You can hear his voice. It says so in the scriptures. So I want to encourage you to, even after coffee, challenge one another. Okay, we've got our coffees, we've got our biscuit. Uh, Andrew said to, for me to say, come on, can you get a word for me? And then just try it. And as you grow in confidence, anointing is confidence. Okay, Anointing to do something is a confidence to do it. I've got a lot of confidence because I've done it for like 10 years. So give away all my confidence. There we go. You've got it right now. So try it, try it in the safety of people that you know and love. And then take it out to your neighbors when you're in the Tesco's, when you're at work, etc., etc. I'd like to finish now. Is that okay? Yeah. Um, if anyone wants prayer for anything, feel free to come up. If you're the sort of person that doesn't like to come up but would just like to have a natter about what we've talked about, come and find me. Uh, if you've got a word for me, I'd love that. I very rarely get prophetic words myself. But if you want to come and practice on me, practice away. If you feel really stuck in this, if this is something that's been something which has just been hard for you, then I'd really like to sit and listen and chat to you and, and help you to, to, to break through into really hearing. Um, thanks so much for having us. And have fun loving one another. Have fun loving your communities. Have fun uh, loving your families. There are several people now that I can tell that God has highlighted to me that I've got words for. Do the same so that we really just build up and encourage and strengthen one another, which is really what church is all about. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, thank you so much, Andrew. That was awesome. Brilliant. If the band would like to come back up.